This one is for this weekend's card between Leon Edwards and Bilal Mohamed. Um, if you're looking for the 259 review, it'll be up somewhere on the channel, probably right next to this video. We recorded about an hour on it, so we've just separated them off. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's not a three-hour podcast. Okay. Jonathan Martinez, Davy Grant. Yeah. Let's start there. I mean, look, it's, it's difficult coming off such a massive event as the last event isn't it mm. but this is um, this fight night is there's plenty of good fights on it isn't there yeah there good, are there's some fun fights to have good fights good names Co- a yeah. couple of fights I, I'm disappointed that they fell off though you know what I mean like I was yeah. looking forward to Dan Ige against Ryan Hall but Gavin Tucker's a you know an interesting Mate, scrap yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a downgrade in some ways no, is it? it's, it's still going to be an interesting fight um, yeah so Davy Grant coming out of SBG in Manchester yeah Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Under Matt. So what is that? Matt Inman. Yeah. And, uh, Stapes Rogers, is up there. Stapes. Yeah. 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 Friend of the uh, of the collective. Yep. Um, Coming off that knockout of a Martin Day as well. Yeah. Funny. Like, Davy Grant's a good fighter. He's had he's had some rough outings in the UFC, and and he and obviously his weakness seems to be his submission game. It's the only way he's losing. He's not getting stopped, and he's not losing by decision. Yeah. He's been subbed four times. And three of those have been since he signed with the UFC. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a confusing. I don't, I don't know, I don't know Davy, but he's a confusing guy to watch. Like he seems like he's got a few techniques, but he's not using them at the right time. Like he'll throw a, you know, he'll throw like a flying knee from out of range and miss by a meter. And um, in the, even obviously he won this fight against Martin Day, but he he sort of showed Day the same picture three times in a row and on the fourth time Day caught him with a left hook I think and mm. dropped him like he was switching stunts into a shovel and he just did it and then he did it and then he did it and then he got dropped yeah remind you anyway yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, don't do the same thing three do that, times in a row don't do that um, yeah but yeah then it obviously ended up winning with a really you know with a nice clean strike yeah um, you know these two as far as personalities go. So you've got you've got Davy Grant, who's like nice guy, talkative. I like Dan Howe, you know, shakes yeah. me hand, and he's always like bright and smiling and got loads to say. On the other on the other side, Jonathan Martinez doesn't like to make eye contact. He's very quiet. <laughs> but then, like when we're interviewing him out in Fight Island, like we've got fifteen minutes with each fighter, and he really didn't say a lot. But then at the end, he got onto his street fights. Right, and he has he has like videos and videos on his phone of street oh, fights wow. that he's been in. Okay, he, he just loves fighting. He yeah, loves, right. and he was showing us some of these some of these videos, and it's like so the area where he grew up is next to like a juvenile detention center. So sometimes Plenty you get of kids exactly yeah. like you get kids coming out of juvie who think they're a bit tough because they're criminals, and he'd. You know, like 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 when you're at school, you're like, oh, you know, go and ask her if she'll be my girlfriend. <laughs> like he's sending his mates, he's like, go and ask him if he'll fight. If they want to brawl. Yeah, yeah, right. And like he was just oh, calling right. people out, but then so his unofficial amateur record is hefty. Mate, he is he's the Kimbo Slice um, nice. uh, Masvidal of this division, like, and he and he was clenched knees and elbows in street fights as well. <laughs> I was I was more than impressed with his technical ability mate, as he's fighting on a grass patch with a few cardboard boxes spread out. He beat Thomas Almeida, didn't he? Yeah, and Almeida's a badass, isn't he? It was a good fight, though. To be fair, yeah, it was a very good fight. But he is—he is a badass. And then the Frankie Signs fight, flying knee. He's, he's a—he's a firecracker. He I mean, really look—you would think, you know, D- Davy Grant, 
he's obviously a skilled mixed martial artist. I, I just got I just got a weird feeling this is not a good it's not a good matchup for him. I think he's gonna have a, he could have a rough night here if he, unless unless all the things he tries comes off. He's gonna he could have a rough night. This mm. you know Martinez comes to comes to fight and he's. He's not necessarily flashy, is he? But he's gonna he's gonna be effective with what he does. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. He's very good against people that are there to fight him. You can see how difficult it is for me to pick against someone from the UK. <laughs> but I don't I don't buy into the bias. I, I love yeah. Davy Grant, but I love this kid as well. And yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think it is a it is a tough fight for Davy Grant. Yeah, it really. Is. Just stylistically, because Davy Grant is in the pocket and he does, you know, he does have a lot of good techniques, but he also has a few gaps that he leaves here and there. And Martinez, Martinez has got that that instinct mm. to find his opportunities. Like you can see that when he's fighting, he's very loose, he's very very calm, very quiet, gives very little away on his face. But when he sees the opportunity, he chases Bang. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and anyone I, that beats Almeida is, is, is yeah, impressive it's just in my a, book. It's just one of those wins on your record that suggests you are a, of a level. Mm. You know, you can't you can't do that by accident. You know, you can't just have a random good day and beat Thomas Almeida. He's no. he's been around too long and he, his skills are, are too high. Um, yeah, I think as much as I'd love to pick uh, pick one of our own, I'll <laughs> go with um, I'll go with Martinez. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a good yeah. pick. You know, like you know, David Grant's got the skills and it can be it can be a very competitive fight. Um, and it probably will be a striking match as well with these mm. two guys, unless you know David Grant wants to try something different. But I, I think Martinez is wily enough in every range to be problematic. Yeah. I like this next kid, Charles Jordan. Yeah, I don't know too much about these guys. There's not a lot. There's not a lot no. out there. They're both on debut, right? No, Jordan's been in the UFC a bit. I called is his he? debut. Yeah, he's. Uh, um, Where's he come back in? Yeah, no, no. He, he signed with Desmond Green. He came through TKO in uh, Canada. Yeah. Um, came in on in on a four fight win streak and then fought Desmond Green, um, and lost the unanimous decision. But then he was lined up against uh, Duho Choi. Yeah. And Choi, by everybody's account, was you know one of the next superstars coming out of Korea. Big puncher, very exciting fighter, very dangerous fighter. And uh, Charles Jordan, he just didn't respect his punching power at all, and it, I think that was a bit. It was unsettling for Choi because he was like he was like throwing jumping knees, and yeah. But th- this is a this is an example of someone that tries to live up to their nickname, and sometimes it backfires. His nickname's Air, right? Air Jordan. That <laughs> that, that requires him to I then throw it. a lot of flying stuff. And yeah. He does like. But what came first? Do they call him Air Jordan because of his name or because he throws flying techniques? Oh, he's just got mad sneakers and he's like, <laughs> this is his sneaker game. So, oh, a whole other level with yeah, nothing to do with yeah, it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's a, always a concern because he, he does leave himself vulnerable to try and get some of those fantastic. But, you know, switch his stance, very low guard, very, very in the moment when he's fighting. Who's he got? And he's... Uh, uh, Marcelo Rojo. Yeah. 16-6. Yeah. So he's coming off he's coming from Combate. Yeah. So yeah, so he must be on debut. Yeah. Two submission losses in the third round. Yeah. I mean he's 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 a, he's got submission losses on his record, but again, just like the Davy Grant uh Martinez fight. 
it should be a striking match between mm. these two. Unless unless one of them feels like they have the edge on the edge on the floor, in which case you know Rojo might decide he wants to he wants to try and slow uh, Jordan down and get his hands on him. I'm picking a I'm picking on nickname. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely picking on it. And that's a great nickname. I had no idea that was his name. Air Jordan, Air Jordan yeah. is so good. not as good as El Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's I, I do in. like Jordan. I, I do like Jordan, and and I, like the the recklessness to his game makes him exciting. He speaks well. He's you know he's going to be a fan favorite, and you know there was a lot of hype of him coming out of uh, TKO as well. I think people expected him to be to be doing good things mm. in in the UFC. Rani Yaya against Ray Rodriguez. Yeah, and it's a fun, it's a fun one, right? You've got yeah. someone a little bit susceptible to getting subbed against someone with a savage submission game. Yep. But then um, also someone in Ray Rodriguez that a has a point to prove because yeah. he's at, you know he's 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 lost a couple of times in in the octagon so far. I mean, he lost to um, Tony Gravely on the Contender Series. Then went back to Combate and picked up a win. Then came back into the UFC and then you guillotined him. Didn't yeah, he, in the he, first got, round. he got subbed by the incredibly good-looking Brian Kelleher. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, you know, that's gonna be that's gonna be hanging over him and eating away at him. You've got mm. to think coming back into the I UFC. Got my chance back, yeah. yeah. And and, he, and often, you know, oftentimes he's the one that decides to grapple, mm. and it doesn't always work out for him. You know, like Kelleher wrapped that guillotine up pretty quickly. You, you've got to think that Rani Yaya is not... Yaya's got a nasty sub game. He's so good. Nasty sub game. He lost to Ricky Simon, didn't he, mm. recently? Yeah. Which, you know... Well, his kryptonite is someone with pace and conditioning. Yeah. Because he, he's, he's the... He's the... He's the... He's a bit... He's a great example of a jiu-jitsu purist. Right. You know? He, and he strikes... I think we've talked about it before. He strikes like a grappler. Yes. Do you know what I mean? He's yes, just he the, the flow is just different. The yeah. vibration is different, isn't I wonder it? if anyone says I grapple like a striker. I bet they yeah. do. I bet they do. Mate, if they don't, said, I'm just saying Everyone that. said something about you at some stage. You know <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. yeah, he got caught in the headlights a little bit with Simon, didn't he? Mm. Because he was he's clearly much faster. He's more athletic. He's, you know, he's putting lots of pictures in front of him. He just sort of got a little bit mm. um, caught in the headlights. And, you know, Simon's legit, right? He, he's got an amazing mullet as well, yes. which helps. Has he cut it off? I thought he cut it off. Has now. he? I think so, yeah. I think so. I, I, that that always seems to be the, the problem for Rani Yaya, is, is that the the big the physical guys that are well-conditioned that don't allow him to grapple. Mm. And and I think Rodriguez might be able to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I do feel like this matchup's been made to get a win on, on Yaya's record. And oftentimes when I'm looking up the card, I can kind of see... The game that's being played, yeah. and oh, well, oh you they know, play some games. Oh, for sure, they play some games for sure. Um, I tell you, I tell you, there was a fight. Uh, Johnny Bedford. Uh, so look at that. Back in two thousand fourteen, that was the open air event in the Middle East next to Ferrari World, and I, uh, John and I were calling that one. And they came out. There was a bit of a trade. They both clashed heads and both went down. But Bedford was up quicker. And got the win. And thought he'd got the win. Thought he'd got the win. All right. But it was a no contest because there were a clash of heads and they both were concussed from the clash of heads. Yeah. But they also, neither of them knew exactly what had happened. So in Bedford's perspective, he thought he'd knocked Yaya down. The fight had been yeah. stopped. Yaya just had no idea what had happened. So as <laughs> oh, I walked no, into the... Now you're saying that. I think remember? I remember that, yeah. It was the same card that uh, that Nelson knocked out Nagira. Right. The main event. And I remember getting in the octagon and I looked over at Yaya and he's like, 
like not exactly sure what's going on. Then I looked at Kelleher at um, fucking Kelleher at Bedford, and he's like excited and buzzing, like he's spending his win bonus in his head already. And then it came to announcing the win, and they went no contest, and all of a sudden he's like, what, what? what? And I'm like trying to interview them, and like, but like trying to keep them apart at the same time because they're yeah. like they're trying to fight again. Yeah. And poor old Yaya had just got no idea what had happened. It's a super confusing time. I mean, very. that's why you know that's why you don't interview people with concussion because it is genuinely a very confusing time. <laughs> yeah. I've seen grown. Yeah. He tapped to know, a guillotine. You know, mm, I've seen grown guys it. like not know where they are. Yeah. Not I told you about that time I got dropped at uh, ATT yeah. years ago. Yeah, and yeah. I, had to, I went to, I went to Paul Daly to ask him where the changing rooms were because I yeah. couldn't remember. I no. lost like a week. I remember dude crying because he couldn't find his pants. <laughs> He'd been knocked out. He couldn't find his, his pants were right there. He just couldn't find them. He didn't know what was going on. Just, uh, just, just didn't much, think man. they were his. Yeah, it was too much. <laughs> Sometimes it's just it's too bit, much. Yeah, strange. You know, once Jeez. once that yeah. once that consciousness gets wobbled a little bit, it uh, comes out and makes behaviour very, very difficult it to does. predict. The, the one thing I've said, I'm sure I've said this before, but the one thing I can never understand is when a, is when a, a fighter opens their eyes and there are doctors over them and they still think they won. Mm. That's the one yeah. thing I never made sense of. This is never going to happen if you win. <laughs> no, no, no. And, unless, yeah. well, maybe you've got Scott Smith and they're checking you right. for a broken rib. <laughs> Which way are you going on that one? Um, well, should we go against the narrative and we'll go with Rodriguez? I'm proud trying, of you for they're that. Trying to set him up. They're trying to set him up here. <laughs> and we're not having it. They are. <laughs> we're not having that behaviour. They're trying so to get the that. poor guy guillotined on yeah. a takedown attempt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. He might be just too physical. He is a he is a strong, powerful individual and he has got good wrestling from what we've seen. Mm. From we'll what see. we've seen. Okay. Um, well, we've got Courtney Casey and JJ Aldridge, right? Yeah. Next up. This mm. is a scrap. Mm. This is a scrap. It is. I don't think this comes out well for JJ. You know, you're not. No, no. I don't, I don't know. I was watching. I was watching her this morning, and she is like legitimately tough. She is a tough scrapper. Like you couldn't, you couldn't describe her any better than a tough scrapper, could you? No. But I think she might be a little skill wise. I think she might be a little bit undermatched here. Mm. Um, There's definitely a height disadvantage, height and reach, isn't there? Yeah, there must be. I mean, you know, Courtney has fought some. Excellent fighters. You know, when you look at her nine and eight record, it's it's sort of misleading, isn't it? You, mm. don't, you don't. That doesn't tell the whole story. She's got. A, she's got a, fundamentally. She's got a really good game. Um, I just wonder whether there's a bit of a psychological barrier she needs to get over to legitimize herself up at, up, mm. up with the the other girls in that division. She um, was certainly struggling in the Gillian Robertson fight when she was going back to her corner. Like she was, she was vocally frustrated. Yeah, she's like, I, just, I can't get space from, I can't get. I know, up. but yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, that's the way it is. But then, if, if you choose to, you know, if if grappling put gets put on you by Robertson, that's what it's going to feel like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that that does, you know, that that does seem to be the kryptonite in her game. She's quite happy to stand and trade with anybody, mm. and she does, like you said, she's got a fairly well-rounded skill set. I think I think knees could be a, be a big difference for her in this fight, given the fact that Aldrich. She's southpaw. She's kind of hunched over mm-hmm. a bit, and she like powers that left hand over with with a chest. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. kind of she's yeah. kind of arched over. There's definitely room for a, for a rising knee there for someone like Casey who's got good Muay Thai, and is, I'm sure she's got a high advantage. Let me just check. Yeah, on that. And, and you know some of the some of those losses on a record are split decisions against like good opponents, mm. and I feel like she's faced she's faced a higher level. Than, than JJ's faced. Yeah. And yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think for that, sure. E- e- even when that is a loss, I think that pays to some degree mm-hmm. because it's logged. 
you know, you've been in there, you've seen what the, you know, the, the, the top girls in the division look like and move like and, you know, what their vibration is. And you understand, you start to understand that and piece that together. And I think even when it's a loss, it's still, you know, there's still benefit to that. Yeah. And I just feel like she's, she's fought a few better people than, than JJ has. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there, and there isn't, a, there isn't a standout thing about JJ. I don't think. There's no, not something where you're like, oh, do, she, you know, no, she's exactly what you said. Yeah. She scrapped. She, yeah, she scrapped scrap. hard. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing that stands out. And, and I think a Courtney Casey's got the same mentality, but with a more of a technical approach to it. I think. Mm. Like I can just, I mean, you know, it's it's Southpaw v Orthodox. Like Casey stands a bit heavier on her on her back leg than she does on her front leg sometimes, so she's got that lead teep if she needs it, which would jam her movement forward, especially if she's overthrowing with the left and squaring her body up. But I also see that power rear knee from Casey straight into the mm. midsection to counter the the left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah. Aldridge might surprise us and, and work, she's a work chase a take at down. Aldridge. I thought she's, she's doing bit. that thing we we keep coming round and round and round back to it is the skills of being able to cut off that cage and not just follow your opponent around and y- y- you know I see it so little it's frustrating yeah I yeah. see it so little it's, which way are you going whichever yeah Casey I think I think like a, you know like I've sort of outlined I just think her, her fundamentals are great she's fought against better better fighters than, than JJ has and I think it, 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 you know, it's down to be a good scrap in it it's definitely down to be a yeah. good scrap but I think she might just have the the skills to win that. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we're going to have some really interesting striking matches. Even the fights that we've not discussed a bit lower down. Uh, Gloria De Paolo against uh, Jinju Frey is going to be a good scrap as mm. well. They're both both talented fighters. They're, there's some well-matched fights on this. There really are. I mean, I'm interested to see what Rojo brings to the table. But I, I am, like, Ir Jordan has, <laughs> has got a very cool nickname and a, and a very fun skill set. Yaya is set up for a submission there so Rodriguez got to keep that one standing which might force Yaya to strike a bit more yeah and then this one would you know should largely be a striking a striking match unless one of them starts to get uncomfortable I would say wouldn't it surprise me if we see Aldrich try and work a takedown against the fence against Casey just to nullify some of that striking and do a bit of damage where she can't receive any but then you know we went like Casey's got arm bars off her back as well so no. Good fight. Yeah, good, good fight. Good matchup. Like it. Anders against Stewart. <clears throat> yeah. Rock'em, sock'em. Oh, yeah. Um, on, on Darren's Wikipedia page, I swear it says he's got a GCSE in street dance. Surely, really, yeah. surely he can't get a GCSE in street dance. Someone put that not as a, G- a G up. A G- not a GCSE. <laughs> surely there isn't an actual qualification at GCSE level. Be an MVQ, wasn't it? Get an, have an MVQ. Surely it's applied. Dance. Yeah. Some way. Unless um, that was just someone saying he's just really good at dancing. Yeah, street. surely his, his mates put that in there. Unless it's a unless it's that kind <clears> of street <throat> dance. Well, yeah, you could know. say he's qualified in that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. He, he's the kind of guy that someone's picked a fight with him in a bar because they think they can make an example of him because he's wearing a baggy sweater and they don't know that he's built like rocks. And he's like, mate, look, I don't want it. I, I just don't, I'm not interested. I don't want to I fight you. This. And then they go, yeah, cool, <clears> on, <throat> cool. On. And he just <clears throat> levels one guy. His mate comes over, levels the next guy. Mate, he's got that scary power, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, scary power. He's 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 built out of stone, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, I thought it was, I thought he was really good against Kevin Holland, who is a tough, tough individual. Or an orthodox individual yeah. smiles a lot when he fights, which is obviously a good a good sign. I thought he was excellent 
excellent against him. Um, the, the only thing, and I'm sure you'll resonate with this, is when Darren lands or when he thinks he's landed clean, he'll chase. Mm. And, you know, I think he's going he, he, to get caught occasionally when he does that. He seems to get, oh, like his eyes light up and he chases quite in a, quite a linear manner, mm. um, which ironically I think will could be all right in this fight because Anders is very, very linear, which led me on to start thinking about it. So Anders has come over from team sports, come over from American football, mm. right? And this is something we've chatted about before and something I'm constantly struggling with in picking up the skills of striking. So you, when you're in a team sport, everything you do is locomotive. Everything everything you do is cyclic. So you move in a cyclic manner, foot over foot. You have a gate, foot over foot, foot over foot. And when you strike, it's the opposite. So you you do all of this learning. Everything everything around your skills skills is built around locomotion and forward movement by putting one foot in front of the other in one way or another. And then when you come over and try and strike, that's why I think people that come from team sports look clunky when they're striking mm. because it is a very very unnatural way of moving unless you come through in striking sports or combat sports, and then that becomes your normal. Mm. Then if you go over to a team sport, you know, some of the movement patterns aren't quite as, yeah, quite yeah, as, yeah, uh, yeah. pass yeah. me the ball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Can't do that now. That's really slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that that's what yeah. sort of got me thinking about why it often looks so clunky when, when, uh, when you cross over to a combat sport rather than being groomed through and, and, and learn through the, the process of learning a combat sport. And I think Eric Anders looks like that. That's mm. what he, that's what he sort of looks like. He's very in and out in a straight line. Um, you, you know, you don't seem particularly much sort of pivoting off the back of, uh, of combinations or strikes. Um, the one thing, if that is the case, the one thing that he's going to have, if Darren's surging forwards is a level change and a good power yeah. double, like especially under panic and under pressure, yeah, drop level and just mm. slam and that, his shoulder. And Dan, the, Darren yeah. does get really high on his toes and he does, I mean, sometimes he's not even touching the floor when he's throwing punches. Yeah. He's so powerful. Like Mike Tyson did that. Yeah. And then he leaped through the air. I mean, I think in boxing you have to have toes on the floor or at least one toe on the floor. But like Stuart, everything is driven into a punch. And then as soon as someone's hurt, as you said, that flurry to chase and that excitement mm. means shoulders come forward. Hands are going out, and yeah. then you know hips are there. I do think he's he's a cleaner, he's a cleaner striker. Mm. I'll be interesting to see whether he can just hold, just like hold his, and- yeah, yeah, and also just hold his enthusiasm to go to go get it a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the development that you've got to see if he's going to continue progressing anyway. It's he's- got a funny. Sorry to interrupt. Mm. I know it upsets people when I interrupt. Just you. drop it in the comments, and it's all. <laughs> If you want to hear you know, a monologue, watch the war room. <laughs> you know the funny thing is, is like when we're recording this, I often feel like I'm cutting you off. Oh, do I don't ever feel like you're interrupting. Well, I mean, me. I mean, you've got a monologue show. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> um, Darren's got a funny habit of looking at the floor. Mm. Have, you, have you seen it? Mm. And obviously, they're swinging some death bombs at the time while he's looking at the floor. So you, you better not be looking at the floor at the time. But yeah, he's got a funny habit of dropping his head and looking at the floor. I think mm. he'll at some stage that will catch him out. Yeah, um, I, I think he might be able to back Eric Anders up with mm. with the threat of power punches, uh, and and I think he might be able to be impactful even if he's not landing clean. I think he might be able to rattle Anders in a way, especially like you look at Anders' record and it's 
You know, I mean, he's he's mid-table if you look at his UFC record alone. You know, if we're talking team sports, what did he do? Two wins, one loss, one win, three losses, two wins, one loss is where he's at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... It's not consistent, is it? No, it's not. I mean, you know, he came in on a decent streak, but then at the same time, you know, if you come into the UFC, what is he seven and zero after a win over Brendan Allen in LFA? Then he came over and fought Rafael Natal. Like so, his first loss was Machida, and he was he was ten and zero at that point. Yeah. So you just don't know. You just don't know how he's like how his his confidence is has maintained through those three losses. Mm. You know, I mean, Santos is not a not a bad loss. You know, Machida's not a bad loss. Tiago Santos is not a bad loss. But then, like Elias Theodoro and and Khalil Roundtree, compared to the punching power of Darren Stewart, I mean, you know, Roundtree maybe, but he, he's much better with his elbows and knees and clinch work. And the Jocko fight, Jocko's a he's a very frustrating fighter for everybody because he's there's no flair in his game. He does exactly what he needs to do to win the yeah. fight. And he doesn't really leave himself widely open at any point. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't chase. So he doesn't mm. give you the opportunity. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're some of the best knockouts, yeah. aren't they? When when you've sort of tempted someone, they've they've come chasing at you and they just get caught coming in. You've got the, the power of your punch and momentum of their head and, they, and you get caught. And mm. then that's the sort of face plant knockout in it when they, when they just um, break their fall with their nose. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Anders, I'm coming in to clinch Stuart as much as I can. Mm. I'm coming in to clinch him and tie him up and frustrate him up against the fence, chip away at him, good head position, foot stomps, knees, yeah. work to the body, try and take him down a bit. Well, is, is he got some, some judo in his background, Darren Stewart? I can't remember where his grappling is. I he's got he's got a purple belt. But I I, I feel like, I mean, as you you know, as you said, you know, he was a, he was a linebacker. Um. You'd think his power double is going to be all you've right. Got, yeah, you've got yeah, <laughs> yeah. University of Alabama is a, is a big university. Oh, wow. It's a very popular university. It's a huge football university. Yeah. So you know he's he's going to have been in front of crowds, grafting hard through through the you know the summer season. Mm. And I mean, you would think maybe it's a tenuous link because you can't always think that your attitude to one situation is going to is going to translate to another situation, but. He'd be. He'd have some. He would have faced some power, mm. you know. On that, uh, if you're playing at Bama, you know you're you're going to face some power at pl- playing football there. But mm. it's a bit different when Darren Stewart is actually going to try and punch you in the face. Um, I, I think Stewart's got it. I think it's. I think he's crisp enough to land, and he doesn't need to land that much, does he? He's got mm. some yeah. serious, serious power. Yeah, not at all. Um, and I, I, I thought some of his grappling against Kevin Holland was really good. I thought some of yeah. his anti-clinch and his, his takedown defence was was really good. And um, I just, I, I, I do think he gets frustrated though, and I think we mm. see that when he's tied up and clinched and he's not got this, just give me space so I can yeah. punch you, you know? Bang, yeah, yeah. And I think Anders could play into that. I, I agree, I think Stewart's most likely to come out with the win, but I think Anders playing a good game, and and Darren Stewart is not the biggest for this division either. Like I've often stood next to Darren Stewart, and the reason he's in this weight class is because of the, the muscle that, on his he's frame. About that yeah. Thick. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's six six foot with a seventy four inch reach. He's basically my height and reach, but he's in far better condition than I am, and he's about fifty years younger by nineteen ninety. Wow. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going with Darren Stewart, are you? Yeah, um, okay. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good win for him. What do you reckon to this one, Manel Cap 
back in the back in the octagon after his uh, after his unsuccessful first outing. Yeah, but he did all right, didn't he? He did, he did all right yeah. against Pantoja. And Pantoja, like we, I think we said in in that pick show, like. I really rate him. I think he's 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 my kind of mm. he's my kind of fighter man. He's, he's high skill set, down to fight. Probably too much in some ways. Um, and I thought Cap went. You know, he did re- he did really well against him. Um, this is fun, man. This is this is probably one of the closer ones on the card. I think. I think. Um, you know, like we said before, Cap is very fluid. He's super reactive. He's very very springy. Um, he he's got that sort of uh, low front hand sometimes, doesn't he? Which mm. creates creates those weird angles on his jab. Which obviously there's pros and cons to it, but it does at the speed he's at the speed he operates at. That level of awkwardness can be a major asset to him, I think, because you you know you're trying to figure it out, and by the time you figured it out, but that doesn't come, but that didn't come out very well. <laughs> Someone wearing headphones just had some kind Amy, of heart attack. You're gonna have to fix then. that. You're gonna yeah, have to fix that for that. the sake of their ears. Um, but yeah, but Nicolau, you know, Nicolau, he's got, yeah, man, he's got some heat in his hands. Yeah, he's, he's he has, good. really has got some heat in his hands. I enjoy, I watched his, uh, um, I watched his most recent fight on Brave against uh, Felipe Efren earlier today. And, and it's, he's, you can, you can tell how considered he is in everything he mm. does. You know, you can tell like, like even when he's moving through range and he's not doing anything, you can, you like, He's feeling the distance between him and his opponent, and he's so, manipulating. I just that. did it again. Sorry. So we were talking about people moving for the sake of moving. Yeah. I think he, I feel like he's the opposite of that. Yeah. When he's moving, he's moving for a reason to see how you react to that movement, mm. and he's not just copying people. Oh, I know. I know. I need to sort of move a lot. Um, I feel like he's got that down. He's, he seems to understand that mm. and uses it quite nicely, doesn't he? Mm. And a very crisp single shot striker as well mm. that does. That left hook. Yeah. Yeah. D- does bolt things together very nicely, but also he's very good at kind of moving, placing a single shot. And, you know, V had a lot of really good things to say about him and his and his, uh, his girlfriend, who's a uh, national judo. Judo, yeah. 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 So, like, you know, I mean, it's always... National good representative of where? Something like that. I think Brazil. Of Brazil, yeah. okay. So, is he Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I mean you know, he's he's travelling around, his his affiliation is Nova and Yao, but it sounds like he's he moves around a few different gyms and trains with a bunch of different people. But I feel all- like he's one of those guys if he's if he got three or four wins back to back, he becomes a serious problem. Yeah. Like you get that confidence of being in the UFC and winning regularly. Yeah. Um he has the game that probably just needs that extra little bit of impetus of confidence of of winning a few back to back. And the, an, an interesting as well is is like his his relationship with the UFC so far. So he was in, yeah. He came from Shuto Brazil. He came over to the Ultimate Fighter Brazil season four, and he won two fights and then picked up a decision loss. But then uh, made his proper debut, won by a Japanese necktie. Then he beat John Moraga by split decision, who was a, is another excellent fighter and Smolka by yeah. unanimous decision. Again, another guy. To Moraga and Smolker, I think technically are two two guys that are always overlooked and not respected enough as, as much as they should be. But then he lost to Dustin Ortiz, and then everyone got canned. 
because yeah, the end of the flyweight division was coming and yeah. Doomsday was approaching and they cut half half of the roster. He blocked that kick and still yeah. got knocked out by it. Yeah. He took that majority. He took that on his on his arm and he still got he still got yeah. dropped by it. Must be a hell of a kick from Ortiz. It must have been. Yeah, I mean, first round he probably threw yeah, everything fresh into and, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you know he got released after picking up one loss in the in the UFC. So he was three and one if you're not not counting mm. his Ultimate Fighter fights. Went away, fought in future, fought in Brave. Now he's back. Good fight. Mm. Really, yeah. really. I like well, Manel really Cap well as well. Yeah, like he. No, he's 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 he had a really really tough UFC debut with Pantoja, but Nicolau is. He's not at the same stage, but he might be. He might be just as dangerous. Someone as good as Cap, if he doesn't, if he doesn't win this, he's coming and gone zero and two mm. from another organization. It's not a great look, is it? But you, but if you are sort of objective about it, you'd be like, well you know, you should probably keep him around because that's a hell of a debut yeah. and then this isn't easy either. Yeah. And I don't know who he's upset, but well, he's upset someone. It. I mean, but, but he's, he's either upset someone or the expectations of him were, were yeah. very high this coming This is where over. we need to pitch him. Yeah. And they like, didn't underpitch him. To be fair, they didn't underpitch him. It was a close fight with Pantoja. I mean, yeah, he came in and fought the number three guy. Yeah. Like that just doesn't happen, and all the people below him, he didn't. He got above all of those guys, went straight in with Pantoja. Mm, maybe, yeah. Maybe he needs. A, maybe he costs a lot. Maybe he costs a lot. <laughs> maybe he potentially costs a lot. Costs a lot. Gotta, He's getting a lot of yen over yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, which way are you going? Um, I'm going to go with Cap. Really? Don't tell Veronica. I think you really? Should. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cap. Yeah. yeah. I think he can be swayed on this. One. I think he's. You know, they wouldn't. Yeah, unless he costs a lot of money, they wouldn't have put him in against who they have put him in with without knowing that he can do it. But it's a tough test. Mm. It's a very tough test. I think they could still be overestimating him. Yeah, and still underestimating Nicolau. Mm. I, 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 honestly, that last fight against mm. Efren um, in what's it called Brave, it's it, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch for young fighters to watch how he manages the space between them and manipulates his opponent to move into it when he wants him to. Like he he could, he could quite easily like you could watch his game and think, oh, it's it's pretty rudimentary. It's quite simple, yeah. but it's the application that's complex and. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna yeah. have to be smart because Cap's fast, man. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. he's definitely quicker. He yeah. moves definitely yeah. moves quicker now. That that is only efficient if it's speed used at the right time. And if Nicolau can manipulate him into using it at the wrong time, then he's gonna fall into some traps. But that's the game. That's the cat and mouse, as it was. Um, the benefit yeah. is that he is a bit wild, and mm. for someone like Nicolau, who's he he'd be he'd much rather deal with someone that moves the same, you know, moves the same patterns as another good striker. Yeah. Because then it's easier to predict. When you're fight, facing someone that's so explosive and fast, a lot of your defense, aside from it just being a guard, a lot of your defense has to come down to prediction. Mm. You know? Mm. Like, you can, like, if you're Roy Jones and you're fighting at heavyweight against John Ruiz, yeah, you can predict where he's going to move based on what his body's doing, but you can also get out the way of some of those shots because you are faster. Mm. This puts Nicolau in a position where he has to be predictably, to, that predictable. He has to predict fast 
in order to keep himself safe. Yeah, if he's going to use his head, two weight. things that don't go well together. Mm. And, and you can't ground the guy to slow him down because he's a you know yeah. there's going to be a handful there as well. Yeah. So you're going with Cap. So I've swayed yeah. you then. No, not at all. Uh-huh. I think Nicolau's going to win, but that's you know, <laughs> by the by. Okay. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, finally we're getting this fight. Yeah, at last. Finally. I mean, when was been, the... We've sort of been through this, haven't we? We have, but, yeah. Um, we have. Did, which way did you go? We did went hill. Yeah, we went hill um, based a fair bit off... I, I, I felt like Angela has levelled up a lot more since the last time these two met than, than, than uh, Yoda has. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, Yoda's got excellent grappling. She's She's of a level of everywhere really but I think um, who Angela's fought and she's not she's not like we are saying before she's not always won but she's fought some serious some serious talent mm-hmm. um, and you know she's fought 11 times since these two last met and Yoda's only fought 6 times double the experience in, yeah. pretty much double the experience in that time and she turned a corner with her elbow strikes mm. definitely turned a corner with her elbow strikes which if you think I would say I would say Angela Hill maybe is probably the physically stronger of the two, and I would I would also say Yoda's quite happy to grapple from her back. Mm. And if that's the case, and Angela Hill now can apply those elbows on the ground as well, yeah, you know, that that's the point. The point of difference, especially in the lighter women's categories, the point of difference is damage from elbows and knees and submissions. Yeah, like they're the two things that really make a big difference because the majority of the time these girls are really well conditioned; they don't get tired. They fight pretty hard. They scramble out of awkward positions. They're all fairly flexible as well, in, you know, mm. across the board. Um, flexibility is good in some ways, but it, bad in other ways because you're quite happy to put yourself in bad positions because you know you can kind of, you know, shoehorn Get your out, way out yeah, of them. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, and and I do feel like even in the clinch, I mean, in the clinch, Angela Hill is going to be a problem for for Ashley Yoder if if she's if she's controlling her upper body to take her down, if she's level changing and shooting on her. You know that might be an easier way of getting the fight to the floor, but she still might find herself pulling guard if she meets hard hips. Like, where how you know I can't necessarily see where Ashley wins. Like, what how what's the flow of her winning? I, I can't see it I think instantly. She's got to subber. That would be the, that would yeah. probably be the likely way, isn't it? Um, I think she's got to subber. Like we touched on in the last time we we previewed these, I always feel like Hannah Cyphers is a great. Um, Stamp up, sort of stamp of approval. Like if you mm. if you're getting through Hannah, Hannah Cyphers is tough, and she's that she's a self not not self imposed. She's been imposed as a bit of a gatekeeper, and she in, and you know Angela came through that really well and got a solid win. Yeah, I think she'll be. Um, yeah, and that win over Loma as well was mm. was you know very impressive. And and you know she's you know the losses to Gadea and Waterson, it kind of it kind of reaffirms that she's she's not quite championship material. And she still hasn't turned that corner to become it yet. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, she keep keeps getting back on the horse and keeps trying. Um, she might Eric break through eventually. She 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 still with Eric, Eric down in? Um, I don't know to be honest. Florida. Yeah, I think I, I think, think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, lock um, lock Angela in. I think she'll um, I think she'll take this one. Just looking where she is in the rankings. Yeah, so Hills at twelve. Uh, Hills at twelve, and Yoda's not in the rankings. This is an opportunity for her to get into the rankings for sure. But then you look below Angela Hill, and you've got 
a Mandalorian Lemos there. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't like to fight her, not at this point. Um, so you got Angela Hill, are you? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Lock Angela in. Right. Oh, Ige against Tucker. I was hoping that this was going to be Ryan Hall because I think... Yeah, this is a great replacement. It is, it is a great replacement. I, I like Dan Ige and, and I think that he's... Like he's well again. I mean, you know, he's well rounded enough to be to be, you know, a, a, a high level contender in this division. What does he do to turn that corner to become championship caliber? Is the question for Danny Ige. Yeah, what's missing? Like it, it, it doesn't seem to be necessarily uh, obvious skill set missing, mm-hmm. right? And you see this. <clears throat> excuse me. You see this a lot in elite sport. Is it's often the skill sets or the higher up the chain you get the skill sets become closer and closer and closer and it's not that that is the is the point of difference it's normally the application timing and a mastery of how those skill sets get put into competition that is the is is um the the difference you know in in certain team sports a couple of teams that have dominated they're not doing anything special but they're doing the basics better than anyone has ever seen them do the basics mm. Um, and relating that back to Dan Eager, that you know, c- can you see a particular s- area of skill where you're just like, oh man, he's just so he's he's so underskilled in this area? No, not at all. I, I on- honestly think his problem is that he's maybe a bit he's a bit too smart for his own good, mm. and he he overanalyzes everything a bit. It's there's there are a lot of similarities in Dan Ige and Leon Edwards, right? Because they're both very well rounded, conditioned, capable. Mm. You know they 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 they're confident in what they're capable of, but in the actual moment itself, because they because they're very intelligent, they kind of break everything down and they get caught thinking. And you put you put someone like that against Calvin Cater, and this is my concern for for Leon in the main event, is that Bilal Muhammad will do what Calvin Cater does to you. Mm. He'll squeeze you in between that in between the fence and his front foot, and he'll make you work when you don't want to. And that doesn't give you time to think. It doesn't give you time to set up and react. Mm. Leon does so much better when he's got space. I feel like Dan Ige has got so, he's so much better when he has time to think and work. And I think Cater just took that away from him. And I think Julio Arce did the same thing. Do you think Gavin Tuck has got that in him? He seem he he seems well rounded. Like mm. you know, he took a he took a beating against um, Rick Glenn, but he, you know he basically blew his own gas tank out. In yeah. that fight, he didn't manage his energy particularly well. Um, I think that's another refereeing issue that you know. I think Dana said that even even yeah. Dana said the referee needs a, an ass whooping. I believe were his <laughs> were his exact words. So yeah, I mean, like yeah. like the the Billy like the Billy Quarantello fight w- was was kind of good for him to set a pace, but but he was still reactive to Quarantello's pressure. Mm. Like he was the one that was still moving angles. Catching him with a shot, moving away, catching him with a shot, um, and, and you know, and his footwork was good, but it was, you know, he was he was still in a state where he was reactive in that fight to Quarantillo, who's just a forward pressure. Elkins kind of more you. I mean, at least that's what it got to in the you know towards the end of the fight. He needs to put that on Danny Gay, mm. and and that's that's going to be the challenge for for Tucker here. And and I think it might be better for him if he can pressure with hands on instead of pressuring from distance. Yeah, because because yeah. I would probably say that uh, that Ige's you know quicker off the mark, um, and 
you know, Gavin Tucker's Rinnick, he chokes all day of the week. Yeah, he's got, he's a, got a bit of a savage two, game, hasn't he? Three, four. He's got four Rinnick, he chokes two arm bars in the way up to the UFC. And then obviously, you know, he's got, he's got the two in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's close. It's a bit yeah. of a, it's a bit of a coin toss. I mean, toss. I, I'm, I'm neither guy have been stopped. Either. I sort of edge towards Ige a little bit. Yeah, it's just it's difficult to objectively justify, I suppose. But you know, my feel is he's just he's just the tight. He's, yeah, he's just got the edge. You know, mm. it might be a sixty percent, sixty forty sort of thing. I thought Gavin Tucker against Justin James was was you know he was excellent. Really, I thought he did really good. He's got a really nice back leg, almost straight teep. Like he jams it right. Yeah, he doesn't section. like push it. He almost yeah. like swings it. Yeah, swings it through. It's really, it's really nice. Like you can when it when it lands, you're like, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. You feel that in your belly button. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it could be very very tight, but I think Ige might. Yeah, might Ige. just might just take. That. Yeah, he is. See, Ige is nine in the rankings. Mm. Yeah, it's a big risk for Ige. It's a big risk for Ige, especially if you look at who's below him and who he's got to work back through to get up there. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's You see that two ways, can't you? You can see it in a complimentary manner for Ige and he's like, yeah, whatever, just feed mm. him to me. I don't, I don't care. Or just he, wants to fight. Or it depends how you sort of see it. He's like, well, that's not very smart. Mm. It's going to take you ages to work that all the way back if you don't win it. Um, but then Ige works on the management side of the business as well. Okay. So, he, you know... There's, it's there'll, his there'll fault a, either way. Yeah, so, yeah. so there'll be a, there'll be a, there'll be a, it'll be a well thought out decision. Mm. Is I it mean, this, this short notice? When when did they drop? Um, let me have a quick look. When did they drop out? I'm not I'm not so sure. It was uh, maybe it was a case of oh, I want a fight. I'm not doing yeah, all this. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want, I'm not. I'm now not fighting. Yeah. Uh, they just say Hall withdrew. What's the date of it? Not much information. Yeah, I'm not mm. sure to be honest. I'm not sure when. I'm not sure when it when it changed. But yeah, so you're going with ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with ego. I think. I mean, you know, he, he, sh he should win based on rankings and based on you know level of competition and all that kind of stuff. He's he's just he's very analytical. Mm. And I can see the calculations going on in his brain while his other while his opponent's throwing punches. <laughs> sometimes that's <laughs> yeah, right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, you can you can distract himself with with the the over analysis of the circumstance, which won't be happening in the next fight with Ben Rothwell. No, the wily old bear man. The poor old Philip Lindsay was the guy that got karate chopped by Tanabosa. Do you remember that? He did on the way down. Whack! Love it. Um, Love it. I mean, Ben Ben Rothwell. What is? What, who's he not fought? Really? Just. I, I was watching him. I was watching him fighting IFL the other day. Do you remember IFL? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Like, that was like, how long ago was that? The old teams, the Silverbacks. Yeah, two thousand. Who were they? This there was Silverbacks. What's that? What's that? The, the, the two thousand. So like nine or eleven, twelve, thirteen. That sort of. It was only around for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, here we go. IFL 2005 to 2007. I quite like the concept. I did, yeah. yeah. What? Anybody that's listening that doesn't know what the concept of the IFL was, it was it was basically there were you, you had a team with five members in the team and a coach. Yeah. And the coaches were, I mean, they had Henzo Gracie and Pat Militich and whoever else. So yeah. like 
Like Pat Militich had a team of guys. And I think Rothwell was in the Militich team, wasn't he? Like, so basically the coach, the coach had a team of five fighters. And if they were drawn up against another team on this particular date, they had to put all five fighters forward. Plus they had some in reserve, but mm. you needed one across each weight class. And I remember because, um, what's his name? Roy Markham, who I thought was part of Militich's team. And I remember watching him just starching guys in IFL, and uh, and a lot of the big a lot of big names came through this. I tell you, another fight you got to watch: Ryan Schultz against Chris Horideki. It was one of the first times that we've seen that that handcuff really right. really work very very well. And poor old Chris Horideki. So like Ryan Schultz was a monster. Tied him up with that position, and also he had this this underhook. So it was like like he had an underhook which was trapped. Yeah. And then and uh, Ryan there, Schultz was going side. around. He was there, but then he was in the opposite side, half guard. So he just couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, and man. Schultz was just like <laughs> whack, <laughs> whack. And he just, <laughs> it was it was a wicked, wicked control. What a great show that was, IFL. Mm. Um Yeah, you know you're right. I mean, look like who who has he not fought? I mean it's it's an impressive it's an impressive resume. Very impressive. He's and you go through that resume, and he very rarely, you know, it's mixed in terms of results. You know, he went on a bit of a tear in the 14, 15, 16, mm. had a nice streak of wins against some good names, but he um, he was undefeated in IFL. Yeah, like he was on a he went from seventeen and five to twenty nine and five. Wow, when he was with IFL, it's very difficult to finish. Any there's not yeah. a lot of not a lot of finishes on that. Um, and, he's, and wins over like wins over Rico Rodriguez, yeah. Sosniski, uh, Travis Fulton, Roy Nelson. Like he's fought some good. He's he has fought, fought some, some you know, good guys. I always say it's just logged experience, isn't it? Isn't yeah. there? You don't you don't forget that stuff. Um, what is it with these heavyweights that have got like fifty fights and they're still going at the top? Why yeah. is that not happening in other divisions? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, like, and I know the decision making is is um, is very very important at heavyweight for continued success. But there, there was a point where he lost to DeSantos, Ivanov, and Arlovsky, and it's kind of you know that was kind of it. Like he was kind of on his way out, and then he beat Struve and OSP, mm. and suddenly you're back, and he's back. I mean, even the last it was it last time out against uh, Marcin Tybor, it was yeah. uh, you know he lost the decision, but it was. He was frustrated as well afterwards. Yeah, like you could really see that that was a fight that he expected himself to win, and Tabora kind of mauled him a little bit. I tell you what is really good about Ben Rothwell is that go-go choke that he uses. Because yeah. like we, we, I was trying to figure it out, and I think sometimes like the, the like the the body shape, the physiology of a person lends itself to a particular technique. And but I, I had him, I had him do, do it on me, and it's it's basically like a like a chin strap guillotine. But he just drops all of his body weight onto it, and you just the bare just belly, fold. the bare belly just goes. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, it's good. But he kind of revs as well. He kind of does this like revving motion right. with his hands. Just it's, rolls it. Ugh. Yeah, horrible, horrible position. Yeah. I mean, it's just awkward. Like you would never teach someone to fight like no. Rothwell fights. No. You just never would. You know, it's or do post-fight interviews like him as well. <laughs> What's the thing he does with his with his arms that he? Yeah, I don't, something. I don't know what he's doing? He's, a, he's an interesting dude. Yeah, I he's like a bit a eccentric, lot. isn't he? You know, it's, it's like a in skill acquisition. You talk about emergent behaviour. Yeah. So you and your biomechanics, your environment that you're, you know, that you're part of, and the task 
that you're tasked with mm. all combined and you know given enough time a behavior will come out of that there's a guy you know we've, we've been interacting with um sean mishka on movement movement miyagi is his is his nice. handle on on um on twitter and we're gonna you know we're gonna do a call if not a podcast with him he's a skill acquisition specialist that specializes in this area of emergent behavior and um we, you know we'll, we'll chat in some depth about it but yeah those three things your biomechanics the task and uh, and your environment it doesn't mean everything has to look the same when it mm. comes out it will you know you will he strikes how he strikes and he has found success with that to, to some degree or another and it doesn't look like anyone else you know that picture is not the same picture is it no, it's and not. he'd never coach someone to strike like he strikes no but it's effective the way you know the way he has you know the way he's evolved has made it effective to a point mm. whether you can do that and be world champion you know means possibly that's the, not yeah that's that's the question isn't it he's just he's not quite he's not quite bridged that gap into the into the top of the heavyweight division but he's he's been kicking around on the outside for you know 10 15 years now yeah i, I like rothwell i like the way yeah, he moves yeah. and i think that at heavyweight you can get away with a lot more purely based on the fact that everyone's got enough power to do damage mm. especially in four hands well four hands sleeping pills as my old yeah. boxing coach gif used to call them um i he should be top 15 i feel ben rothwell should especially if i look at who's in the top 15 like olenik is right at number 15 i feel mm. like olenik pavlovich I feel like he should have beat uh, Ivanov, to be honest. The, Rothwell needs to make an impact now before the likes of the Aspinals and the Chris Daukuses. They come through. They yeah. come through because yeah. they, 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 those heavyweights are too fast for him. And that was the, that was the issue that Rothwell always had with Arlovsky. It's just too short. Just too quick for yeah. him. You know, he's just he's he's got good footwork and and good management of range, and Rothwell's toughness and style negates his need to control range because mm. he's always in range mm. you know like yeah like that that pressure and that kind of awkward style can be unnerving and push people back but you know much like we were talking about with the 259 uh um sterling yan fight instead of standing there and trying to fight him and exhausting yourself which i think is what philip Linz is probably going to do you move and you drag them into onto punches because you've decided the you know the battleground in which you're competing, mm. and I think Rothwell takes that away from a lot of fighters. I, I honestly, the only way I see Linz winning this is with a very very clever game plan that replicates what Marcin Tabora did, and I don't think he's that high level. I I, I don't I don't either. The only th the only thing that I brought up in my notes is the speed difference because I do think Philip Linz is. You know, he does, especially, he is very quick. He's not great in the mid and outer ranges of striking. When he gets in that close range of striking and closes that distance, he's, very, he's got very, very quick hands. Mm. And he's a, he's a big unit with some, with some serious power. I just wonder, I just, yeah, I just wonder if he can get in the pocket and, and let a few go or, or if Ben lets him get in the pocket and he lets a few go, he, you know, he could, he could rattle uh, Rothwell quite, quite heavily um i'll give you a counter to that the last time rothwell was stopped with strikes mm. was ufc 104 he's very difficult to stop in it that was kane velasquez <clears throat> he's very difficult to yeah, stop yeah he is like Orlovsky stopped him velasquez stopped him but then since october of 2009 he's lost a guillotine one guillotine to gonzaga and the rest were decisions mm. 
And that, that that's the thing with, it seems like it's the thing with experienced, not just heavyweights, but just when you've been around a long time, it just becomes harder to finish it unless your sort of chin's gone, isn't it? Because you're more experienced, you've seen a lot more, you understand the consequences of certain movements and certain patterns within the fight. Mm. <clears throat> so yeah, that obviously it becomes harder to stop you. Yeah. So Which on that note, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm. I think I'm going to go with the smart play, and I'll probably play uh, play Ben Rothwell in yeah, there. Yeah. He's. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a good opportunity for Linz. I mean, and he did he, he did it. win the PFL heavyweight tournament. Yeah, he needs it. But then you know, I'm looking at like, I'm looking at who he's beaten in the PFL. I mean, Alex Nicholson was a light heavyweight in the UFC, and he's 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 blown up to heavyweight. He's he's blown up to heavyweight, um, and the other guy that stands out is is uh, is Jared Rocholt, who was he was one of those team takedown guys mm. that I think they I think the UFC released him because of how he was fighting rather than how he was performing. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he had he had one loss to Roy Nelson. He was one, two, three. He was six and two in the UFC. But he was on a three fight win streak. Then lost the decision to Nelson. They released him. Mainly because he's a, you know, he'll he'll try and drag you down and drown you. Yeah, um, it's not good for business. Though, it's, it? it's, not, it's not good for business. <clears throat> so Rothwell, then. Yeah, Ben Rothwell, lock him in. You got a you got a side with experience every now and again. Yeah. Now Misha Serkinov is another guy who I feel has just not ever reached his potential. What he's capable of, what he should be able to do in the UFC compared to the people that he's fought. I feel like he should have done a lot it's better. A straight, yeah, like my first note is just a strange one to mm. figure out, to analyse and look at. He's, he's got a... Like, he fought Alex Nicholson as well. I remember yeah. that one because he, he broke his jaw with a, with a yeah. face crank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mm. horrible, wasn't it? Yeah. You could sort of see in the replay, you could sort of see it like, yeah. pop out. Back to of, Sylvia's arm when it yeah. popped <laughs> against... Uh, <laughs> I... I I like Misha Serkinov, and I think that I think the thing holding him back is his confidence in what he's capable of at this point. I mean this with the utmost respect. If you're going to mention his girlfriend, I'm, no, I'm no, no, right no. now. I'm not. <laughs> I think it's his wife. No, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean this with the utmost respect. He seems to not like getting hit, and yeah. if you hit him, his sort of world shatters around him, mm. and he, he just doesn't really like it. Any time anyone has. Um, landed a couple of clean shots on him that have rattled him a bit. There doesn't seem a way back for him necessarily. He's, you know, he's got a horrible dominating wrestling, sub wrestling game. Mm. But yeah, judo background, and he's got, yeah. and you can, you can tell he's a judo guy as well. Like you can tell that you'd lock up with him, and it'd just be like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Why is he not moving? You know what I mean? He'd be yeah. like, like one of those guys that just curls up in a ball on the judo mat, and you just you literally can't physically yeah. move him in any you need way. Need a JCB to yeah. pick him up and turn him <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, just, he watching him over the last couple of days. He just seems like he should be better than he is. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm not sure quite mm. what it is, whether it's belief or or, or what. Yeah. Or like I, I mean, he was doing he was doing really well. He, he got you know a couple of losses on it. He actually he's got a loss to. Uh, oh, Roy Borton is a different guy. I thought it was Rob Broughton, old <laughs> British heavyweight. So he's got a submission loss by armbar and a submission loss by heel hook back in 2012. And then he went on a wicked streak, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight mm. win streak, which picked up three wins in the UFC as well. Four, Dan Jolly knockout first round 
Alex Nicholson neck crank and then the arm triangle and the guillotine over Kutalaba and um, yeah. and and Krilov and and it's again it's like it's that compressive grappling game that he seems to be really really good at. Peruvian necktie. Uh, Jimmy Crute. That's right. Mm. Oh, you know he's got a good another Jimmy. We know he's got a horrible oh, Peruvian necktie. Yeah. And Jimmy Crute's good. Jimmy's you know yeah. Jimmy's showing he's got a good ability. But then you look at his losses: Uzdemir, Tashira, and Johnny Walker, all first round. Mm. And like Uzdemir, 28 seconds. Johnny Walker, 38 seconds. I mean, Glover Teixeira was slightly longer, but he's a bit older and slower. Johnny just like put him under a bit of a spell, didn't he? He just moved too fast and was too unpredictable and too sharp and too fast and just put him under a a spell. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Span will be able to do that. Yeah. He doesn't seem, he seems to have good parts of his game, but he doesn't seem to put them all together. No, I agree. I agree. And one thing I would say if I'm Ryan Spann is I'm looking back at that Volkan Özdemir knockout and realising that I only need about six inches of punch to mm. knock him out or to really hurt yeah. him. Like he went down from that punch. Now, I know Volk- Volkan Özdemir is a heavy-handed fighter naturally anyway, but I would also say that Ryan, Ryan Spann's got the power to do damage at close range, especially if like you're hitting around the sides of the head and temples, mm. which... Sirkinov seems to have a weakness for that. Like, you know, we've seen him it kind just of doesn't like, drop yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he just doesn't bit. like it, does he? No. Talk, talking about um, strikes the side of the head, um, Johnny Walker, like, hammer, uh, Thor's hammer and hammered him, <laughs> hammered Span on the side of the head and basically, that was basically it, wasn't it? Yeah. Or at least started the the, the finish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, it'd be, it'd be interesting in the grapple. They seem to both have some skills around that area. I think, Serkanov might come off a little bit better. The the only way I could sort of see Span winning it is back in Serkanov up, landing a couple of these shells up, and then he you know he does he does some damage there. Mm. Again, respectfully, I'm not mad excited about the fight. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I mean, I think they're. I think. I think that uh, their grappling could nullify each other out. Mm. I do. I mean, you know, you look at Ryan Spann's record and he's got four knockouts and 11 submissions on his record. And there's a lot of, like, guillotines, rear-naked chokes, a lot of guillotines. Like, that, that's the striker's submission, isn't it? Like, yeah. like you, you, when you've got a guy that, when you've got a guy that's got a load of, load of rear-naked chokes and a load of guillotines on your record, you, you often find when you go back and research that they didn't take the person down and take their back to choke them out. They hit him and the person turned and gave their back. Yeah, right. And when it's a guillotine, they hit the person and the person shot into a guillotine yeah. and they gave himself up. And the the regularity of him winning by guillotine in the first round suggests that he's got the the confidence and the presence to pressure to a fighter. It. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. you know, if Serkinov is is a bit, you know, gun shy when it comes to the strikes, that'd probably be something I would lean on if I'm Ryan mm. Spann. And you know, and, he, and he's fighting out a Fortis MMA as well. And they they've you know great minds there, great coaching, you know, good guys for him to work with. I, I think they'll recognise that tendency in Serkinov as well to like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm gonna get hit, Ugh, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, like you look on paper and you go, you know, Serkinov, Serkinov should, should probably win this. Should probably win it, shouldn't he? But, but I just I, I yeah. I, I, I do find yeah. myself leaning in the direction of Ryan Spann, purely given the fact that he is he's a fast starter, and Serkinov has struggled in the mm. first two and a half minutes of the, of the fight. I think I probably I probably agree with you. Mm. 
Um, but which is, you know, it's probably against the against the stats and against certainly against the rankings. But yeah, I think Spun might be in for a bit of an upset. Mm. I mean, it's you know, it, it could be a very a very closely matched fight, and they could nullify a lot of parts of each other's game. As you said, though, when you mm. get closer to the top. It becomes less about technical difficult technical technical abilities, <laughs> yeah, and, and at this stage, place. it's much more about confidence. I yeah. would say it's much more about the 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 confidence to fight. You know, I mean, you know, Serkinov might clinch him, and the, I mean, the good thing with Serkinov is that because he's got a judo background, the guillotine's not as likely to be vulnerable. Yeah, because he's going to be upper body control more than anything, trips and sweeps and stuff. So he might be able to avoid the guillotine entirely. Gives his back one of his, one of his habits of giving giving his back up under pressure, under grappling pressure. You know, like the, the yeah. traditional sort of judo safe safe place mm. is that turtle in it. I just wonder whether. Yeah. Wonder, um, yeah, I don't remember seeing it as we were looking at it, but yeah. No. Is it, and the th- is, is, he has got a very dominant ground game, but it tends to be once he's there. Yeah. You know, it tends to be once he's there. Yeah. I, I I don't I can't think of times when he's looked oppressive in the takedown range and, and uh, you know that and there's definitely going to be an effect from being knocked out from Volkan Uzdemir at close range with that as well mm. I think I think I think span I think span on confidence is is a difference in this fight yeah lock yeah. him in Ryan span for the win I, I mean I could sit and go back and forth on that all week yeah but it should be it should be close I hope it's not so close that it just becomes they just nullify each other mm. in all aspects and it's sort of a close decision one way or the other but you could flip a coin on it you know yeah yeah all right main event right at last we get to see rocky fight how many times we talked about this god man how many times we talked about leon fighting and over the last couple of years and and it's just not happening i feel bad for him i feel bad for him Mm. because people have started forgetting yeah Uh, and you know the shine off who he is as a, as a fighter has sort of been took off him because he just hasn't been active, not not through his own, not through necessarily through his own fault, but he's legit, you yeah. know, he's legit. And Leon is a very, very high level fighter who's who has fought some high, high level guys in the division. And, you know, he's one of the best. Mm. He's one of the best. Mm. Um, yeah. Calculated, fast, mm. Very, very well rounded in his striking skill set. You know, he's got great takedown defense and, and takedown ability now, especially as, you know, developed over the last few years. I just, I think to myself, you know, in a parallel universe where UFC London last year wasn't cancelled and he got the fight against Tyron Woodley, I mean, obviously we don't know how that fight would have worked out and Woodley's a dangerous individual for anybody, even at this stage of his career. But you kind of think to yourself, God, 2020 could have been so different for mm. him. Like he could have got the Woodley victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he could have been a a champion or normal contender. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the cards just get dealt against you, don't Mm, they? They do. Um, Yeah. Look, the the only thing I've been looking back through some of his fights. The only thing he's a very, very crisp striker. He's a beautiful striker. Very Mm. fluid. He's a great striker. Sometimes I feel like he goes out and engages in the grapple to prove a point. That he's got grappling as well, mm. where it, whereas he could just separate and go back to go back to his 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 striking. Um, he's going to come under an incredible amount of pressure with Balao, like you know, but Balao's the man when you're talking about work rate. Balao's yeah. the man when you're talking about putting 
putting you in a place that is incredibly uncomfortable and giving you no option other than to work out of it. But to counter that, Balal ain't for anyone like Leon. No, he hasn't, no. You know, there's a load of hype around him and everyone around that camp is jumping on him and, you know, hyping him up. DC's hyping him up pretty pretty hard. But this ain't Diego Lima. No. You know, this is Leon Edwards and this is this is a yeah. different this is a different gravy as they would say. And it's five as rounds as well. And we've we've yeah. seen Leon over five rounds. We know we know what he's capable of over five rounds. Balal Mohammed's never done uh, five rounds in, in the UFC, at least from what I can tell on his record here. Let me see if I can... I mean, I'm I all see about a fourth Bilal. round. Like, oh, the last time sure. we spoke about Bilal, I was, I, was, I was all over him. But this... I, I'm all over him in that, in that sort of 8 to 15 type ranking mm. fight. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Maybe five to 15 type ranking mm-hmm. fight, but this is a step up for him. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, it'd be fascinating, right? I'm not saying I'm not saying he can't. I love, the, I love his style. I do f- I feel like he's very well-rounded. I love the way he pressures people into making decisions and manipulates people into making decisions just, just through presence and, and through work rate. Um, I just wonder if he's, if he's ready for this heat because this, you know, Rocky, we had to yeah. prove a point as well, man. Yeah, he he, he's been dying to fight. Mm. And, and, you know, Bilal, Bilal is there to get hit. You know, even in the Diego Lima fight, although he came out on top on that fight, like he took he took a hell of a kick in mm. on his lower body. Yeah. Like Diego Lima was really committing to those calf kicks. Unfortunately for Mohamed, he can switch stances and fight comfortably out of both. And, and you know, that does give him, it does give him more options or a bit more longevity in the fight if someone does start to work calf kicks. So my my thought on Leon is that he he's he's very good when people are moving in and out of range, because that's that's his that's his opportunity to push and pull them and make them run onto things that they don't want to run onto. Mm. The difference with this one is Muhammad stands right on your front toe, and he doesn't really move too much in and out of yeah. range. So he's going to be standing just inside the punching range of Leon, which means that Leon's going to feel obliged to try and hit him. In which case, yeah. Bilal can kind of roll and bounce stuff off his guard and keep that pressure on. And, and I, I also don't think that Leon's for anybody else that does that, aside from Usman. And that, yeah. And Usman's got the grappling well, to back yeah. it up. And I don't know as Bilal Mohammed has the grappling to back that up in this fight. I think the more he, more time he spends grappling with Leon against the fence, the more tired he gets, mm-hmm. and the more confident Leon is towards the championship rounds. But the difference, the difference being. Like Leon likes you to either move away or move forward, and if you're standing on his front toe, that can make him un- uncomfortable. Mm. And like you know, you think of the Gunnar Nelson fight, like Gunnar Nelson running into range, and he was grabbed with that elbow and pulled off center line and cracked. Bam. That kind of thing. You look at that and you think, oh well, he's going to do that against Bilal Muhammad all day. It's but not the same. Bilal Muhammad is not covering that kind of distance like Gunnar Nelson was. Like he might move into range, but it'll be to hit and then to be right back out again. And he's not gonna like it's it's gonna take Leon forcing the point, like creating enough space so Bilal Muhammad has to push back. Uh, sorry, has to push forward, and then Leon keeps giving ground and moving away, and then Muhammad tries it again. He gives ground, lure, and moves lures away. him into a, mm. into some space. Yeah. yeah, same as I was talking about with Patricio Pitbull earlier. Mm. You know, bounce, bounce, bounce. You attack him, he gives you the space, and then does nothing. And he gives you the space and does nothing. Yeah. So the the third time, Forrest Griffin, Anderson Silva. He goes sprinting forward because he knows you're going to move away. 
Ding. and he misses and you you've run onto something. Yeah. And then you double in the power that you're facing as well because you're, you're complementing it with your with your own momentum. I I think Bilal Mohamed could stand in front of Leon Edwards for three rounds and and just basically maul him up against the fence and make it very difficult for Leon. I don't know if he can do that over five rounds against Leon. No. No. I've got a, I've just got a feeling this might end up being a decision. I think they might take it they might, they might take it all the way. Mm. Um, Which would be a great, you know, yeah. that would be a great credit to Bilal Mohammed. You know, he's only been into the fourth round once and that was when he won the the Titan FC World Weight belt back in 2016. He's never been out the, he's never seen a fifth round. Yeah. You know, when he's fought those top those top those higher ranked guys like he fought um Vicente Luque, mm. he lost that fight. He lost to Jeff Neal. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder whether the hype is has been not exaggerated because you can clearly see he's, he's he is an exceptional fighter. And I'm just wonder. I mean, this is the test, right? This is his test. He comes through this, and suddenly he's a force to be reckoned with mm. within within that top echelon of the division. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, it'd be, it'd be it, fascinating. Yeah. It will. It. it I, I'm, you know, he is very good. I, I've not seen, I've not seen the things in his game that make him exceptional, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and and it's not like he can't get there, but he is there to be hit, and his style does does leave him vulnerable, and his willingness to compete and his toughness mm. negate what he's what he's lacking in finesse, you mm. could say. You know, mm. it's a bit Peter Yan in a lot of ways. Like he'll stand on your front toe and make you work when you don't want to. Like he'll force you to, he'll force you to feel like you've got to do something to breathe. Yeah, he doesn't have the finesse of Yan though, does he? Same no. principle, but less finesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Leon. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's it, it's his fight to lose. But it's a great opportunity for Balal Mohammed to to not oh, only yeah, I mean massive obviously if he wins, wins it moves him right up into some really interesting and, and far more challenging. Imagine fights. the hype! He's already got everyone hyping him mm. up. Imagine the hype if he if he wins this one. Yeah, but it's he might see Leon back. I'm I'm happy we, we get to watch yeah. him fight again, and I think it will just remind everyone who he is and what a skilled fighter he is, and mm. um, you know he's one of the best to come out of our country. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Agreed. Yeah. All done. All right. Good show. Nice one.